and welcome to the Meeting Your Soul podcast. I'm Fair, your host, and I am so grateful that you're here and that you decided to take time out of your busy schedule to be able to learn with me, to sit with me, to listen, and to be able to hopefully grow in some way, to be able to deepen your connection with your heart, with your soul, and so that you can show up in a more authentic and present way in everything that you do. And that's truly my intention behind this podcast and the true purpose of why I decided to create it and to be able to share the information that I am through the extensive amount of experience that I have within studying myself, within my degree in psychology, as well as, you know, my own self-discovery process with yoga and with mindfulness and the amount of different spiritual texts, you know, reading the Bhagavad Gita, reading the alchemist, reading, you know, about the niyamas and yamas and everything else. Like my, I recognize now at this point in my life that this was really my destiny, that this was something that I was meant to do and to be able to take a lot of these concepts and to make them applicable, to make them under like more digestible and what's going on in current matters so that everyone can have access to, to this in an equal way. So I appreciate you being here with me and hopefully you'll be able to grab a few things from this to be able to take with you into your upcoming week, month, year, life, you know, all of it. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and dive in. You're like, well, what are you going to talk about, Farah? <laughs> well, um, today's episode is about friendship and connection. And I think COVID did a wonder on a lot of people. It, we, especially here in Seattle, it was at a very strict shutdown um, that lasted a pretty extensive amount of time. And I don't know if a lot of people really recognize the influence that that may have had on them. Um, and also now as we're adjusting back to, you know, normal life, if you will, what that really is, you know, having to kind of make our way and kind of crawl back into reality, into social situations, and to feel really comfortable doing so and redeveloping that sense of connection um, with maybe people in their lives, or even with friends that they've known for a long time, or even now making new friends. I think COVID gave us this opportunity to really, really reevaluate who do we like spending time with? Who we're going to go out of our way to spend time with? And who are those relationships that were just purely convenience or proximity at first? And there is 58% of Americans feel that they that no one knows them very well. And I think that's a really significant number. You know, because you think about like the fact who does someone talk to? Who does someone go to when they need to lean on someone? And I know that there was a large portion of my time where that was my significant other. And when I, you know, severed that relationship and also when that relationship started to deteriorate to a certain extent, how alone I felt for a really long time and that I felt like I couldn't necessarily show or be vulnerable to what was going on within me and this slightly irrational fear that it might be used against me. And now that I've kind of stepped in so much more into speaking my truth and having authentic connections and really editing my friendships to be able to have a really solid group of people around me that I genuinely love and want to be around and spend time with and that I trust that now that I'm at this point recognizing how valuable it is for me as an individual to feel loved, to feel um, happy but that how long have I operated honestly without that? And the health risks, according to the National Association of Aging, 
Prolonged periods of isolation is equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day and can actually decrease your lifespan by 15 years. Like there's a possibility that you like isolating yourself or not having these genuine connections are actually affecting your health physically. And I think that it's easy to dismiss it or it's not that important or you get so comfortable within your life that you don't really think about it because you think, what's the point? You know, it can't be that bad, but in actuality it is. And the quality of relationships and what that connection that those cultivates, like helps reduce mental health risks. Like it allows us to be more connected to ourselves, to our community, to feel like we're contributing, that we're giving back. There's so much more that comes along with just, you know, having friendships and being connected to community, family, than just like having a busy social calendar, right? And I think sometimes we can dismiss it as that. Um, But then in actuality, there's a lot of, you know, psychological studies that show the importance of deep connection. And so that's why I thought personally that it would be an important topic to delve into. And after meeting with Shannon last week um, and talking about friendship, and we really went into a lot of like communication styles and self-discovery and all the things, but just being able to have that open dialogue with someone that I've known for over 20 years, you know, and to be honest and to be vulnerable and to really share, but to really do so from this like safe container, I recognize the value in it and also the gift that it is. And that I feel extremely fortunate that I have those relationships and that I continue to build those relationships with others um, and newer friendships that I'm starting to, um, you know, foster. But at the same time, recognizing that, you know, this is something that I've built over time. I'm a fairly social person. If you know me personally, you know that I, I have a pretty wide group of friends um, and that, you know, I've been at different stages of my life that I've accumulated those friendships from, um, but that I really do go out of my way to help continue them. And I'm actually then very selective of who I actually let in within my inner circle and that I do have, you know, a lot of acquaintances, a lot of people that I circulate with, but to have like my core group is what I personally had to work on within the last few years, especially after, um, you know, ending a relationship where that was my primary, you know, person that I, you know, and recognizing how much I leaned on him for everything that he was, you know, the person I spoke to about all of my issues, if anything was not going right, or if I was sad, or if something wasn't going well, like that was my, that was my guy, you know? And I think a lot of us, you know, that is what our, you know, partners are for us. And I think that there's extreme value in that. And I am so fortunate that I was able to have, you know, over a decade long relationship with my best friend. And that was, you know, one of the many reasons why we decided to get married and, you know, why we were together for so long is because we genuinely trusted each other and loved one another. But, um, the, having friendships outside of that relationship is just equally as important and to be able to continue to cultivate those and recognizing the importance of, you know, same sex or friendships too. same sex relationships almost came out. Hey, you do you, but, um, but that the friendships of, you know, with my girlfriends and, you know, also with my, um, with him, I, I don't think I emphasized them as much. I think there was a period of time where I took them for granted a little bit. And I um, feel terrible about that, but 
all we can do is move forward. All we can do is learn from it and to be able to be honest with ourselves about areas of growth in order so that we can keep the people that matter to us close and to remind them of their value and how much they mean to us so that they can recognize that as well. So I'm going to go into like five tips on how to deepen your connection with old and new friends and even just how to feel more connected within your community. And we can start there. I think being able to just like walk around, like I take this as a personal, like, <laughs> like challenge within my day is to make eye contact people with people when I'm walking around, which is a very vulnerable act. And I, I, people think I'm very outgoing and I am pretty outgoing. I feel pretty, I'm, I'm confident. I'm able to talk to different people. I have to do a lot for that for my job. And I just have always been kind of like one that I can like float around a lot. So I'm fine with it. But like, I go out of my way to make eye contact with people and like say hi. Like I talk to all of store clerks. I, I could be at the grocery store. I could be like in like, um, like a seven 11 and I'll be like, Hey, how's your day going? Or else I'll, I'll ask them something more personalized than just like here transactional like conversation. And, um, that's really important to me. I, I like people to feel seen when they're around me. I want to acknowledge that you are human. I actually do this also with homeless people, which I think is a, you know, a touchy topic for some. And, you know, I'm not trying to impose my beliefs on you, but I personally go out of my way to acknowledge homeless people. I look them in the eye. I'll say hello. But I do that with everyone around me. But I believe that they should feel just as seen as, you know, someone else that is in society. Like we're all here together. We are all human. And, um, you know, I also talk to dogs and babies. So, you know, who knows? I might just be acknowledging every little soul that's around me. But hey, I would rather do that than not. Because I, I think that there is probably, and this also probably stems from a, a child, core childhood wound of not feeling seen, not feeling hurt, feeling ignored. And um, for me to be able to acknowledge others is my way to almost maybe heal that portion of me. And also as an opportunity to hopefully extend a hand, to extend a smile and to share a little bit of love, even if it's just for a glimpse of a moment um, to remind us that we are all connected you know, and I really believe that we are all part of that same ocean. We are the drop of a larger ocean, a larger consciousness. But at the same time, I think that truly separation is what then fosters pain, which fosters, um, you know, suffering, truly. And I think that, and, and that's why I think it's so important. So I challenge you, even if you don't do anything else, if you stop listening to this podcast after this moment, fine, do what you will, do what you want, do what you want. But I encourage you next time you go to the grocery store or the next time you go, you know, to retail, or if you, um, you know, go to the post office, whatever you have, any errand that you just are running, DMV, whatever, go and look at someone in the eye, make genuine eye contact with someone, obviously do what you need to do. But maybe ask them how they're doing. Ask them, oh, so when are you getting off? How's your day been so far? And like, do someone actually listen? Like ask with with the container and the receptivity to hear the true answer that comes from them. And you'd be surprised people. I have some of the best conversations. I, I, have person, I really do this. I go out of my way to do this. Anyone that's around me, one of my best friends is like, you are so embarrassing. You always talk to the people. You always get in this like full on conversation with them. And I'm like, yes, because I think it's important. I think it's important to feel like you are not just like floating past one another, but then actually engaging with people around you. And so try it out. Next time you're at Mickey D's, 
be like, what's up? How you doing? How you living? How are you? Like, just me. I, I do this all the time and it's vulnerable because people could reject you. And I'm, I'm not discrediting that it might be kind of uncomfortable. Sometimes it might be very awkward. And in all honesty, people are not always like either willing to have that conversation. And sometimes they're so thrown off because it's so rare that it happens to them that they don't even know how to respond. And so it could be a smile. It's like, Oh, they're like, Oh, I'm good. And then they kind of look around and you're like, Oh, okay, cool. Well, I hope you have a really great day. Boom. Done. That's all. That was my bit. That was my, uh, that was my piece. It was my offering that I was able to give. And then I move on. Like I don't hold on to it. I don't tie onto it. I really don't think about it too much after I walk away. Um, and then I even like, sometimes I'll do, I used to do like a, for years, I used to do like a survey, but this is also the psychology of me. Psychology major of me is I would do like, I would, I would look everyone in the eye. Like I would literally, as I was walking down the street, I made a conscious effort to look at people in the eye, everyone around me, anyone that's willing to look. <laughs> and I would look at them and I would like make eye contact and I would either smile at them. I'd always smile. And so I'd look and smile. And it was always interesting to see people's reactions. So one, they would act like they didn't see you or they would actually just not see you. But it was even funnier when they would act like they didn't see you because they were like so thrown off. They would like dart their eyes away and like avoid eye contact. Or, or, but that's great when you see someone who smiles back, you know, and then they like almost always, if they smile back, like, you know, that you made a pot, like you gave them a little sprinkle, you gave them a glimmer of, and I just learned this phrase, a glimmer, you know, they talk about triggers, how triggers something that like creates a negative reaction within you. Well, a glimmer is something that creates a positive reaction within you that reminds you of the magic of life that reminds you of joy and um, love and connection, right? Connection is so essential for our, the, one of the first emotions that we feel as humans is empathy to feel connected to one another is a, a survival technique. It is essential for us to collaborate because if you think about humans, we're not on our own strong enough, especially children to survive on our own. We need a community. We need a village in order to survive. And so feeling that I think gives us hope that, we're not alone, that there is other people that care about us and that we care about them, even if it is just for a glimmer. Right. And so I, um, and I, those are my favorites when I'm able to look at, and this is like, talk about percentages wise, it's probably 10% of the people that I look at will smile back and be like, I hope you have a great day or you have a great smile or I, you know, thank you for that. You know, and it's so beautiful when the people do, when you can tell, like, I, I don't know why this is making me cry, but like, I've definitely looked at a lot of people that were, you could just feel the pain within them. I'm also an empath, so I probably am more receptive to this. And also just recognizing the container and like having not a shield up, but you know, a boundary that you've set within you to not absorb any negativity that might be spouted your way. But I think when you're offering love, it's usually very well received. Um, And also you receive that back, but you're opening the pathway for that emotion versus a negative one. But, um, I've seen a lot of pain in people's eyes. I've seen a lot of sadness and to smile at them and be like, I hope you're okay. And this is just the empath intuitive in me, but, um, I don't know how much of an impact that it made necessarily, but to give them a reminder that they weren't alone, even if it was just for a few seconds, I think, um, I hope that it made a difference. And if that's all that it does, that's all that it does. I don't know why I'm getting so emotional about this, but this is very much a practice. This is an integral part of my ability to feel connected. And I feel like, especially, you know, once you start living in an area and you start to get to know the same people, 
and you start to see the same new groceries clerks or you go to the you know same peach joint and you see that same person you're able to have a conversation with them and talk with them that's what community is you know that's what especially if you live in a smaller town or area, you know, Seattle's a little bit more isolated. So like to be able to have those little moments or go to the same coffee shop and be able to talk to me, like, how have you been lately? And you know, what's been going on? Like, I know all the same people. Like I do this, this is not, you know, I'm, this is not far fetched for me. This is very much a part of my life. And it makes me feel like I'm a part of something. And like we were talking about before feeling isolated is so prevalent within our society that to be able to feel the opposite fosters this ability for us to feel like, you know, they improve the quality of our lives. And, you know, I was also, if you've listened to the other podcasts that I was talking about being in flow, um, Ikigai is a concept that is um, described within Japanese culture as a kind of this catch all for finding your life purpose and living a more fulfilled and loving life. And one of the key aspects of it, one of the biggest parts of people that live the longest or the uh, qualities of people that they've seen that have lived past a hundred years old has been being very integrated into their community, having, um, a group around them, if it's in fostering those relationships and letting those and finding joy within them, spending time with people, laughing, sharing meal with people, um, you know, knowing that other people are looking out for you, that you can trust them, that they have your best interests in mind actually allowed those people to be able to live more fulfilled lives and that they, you know, they interviewed, you know, hundreds of people that have lived, you know, into their late nineties and hundreds. And that was always a common thread amongst all of the conversations. And just the emphasis on that just re kind of reiterates how important this actually is. And I think when we're younger, even now we're, we're connected on social media, but not in person, it, it can be a little superficial. And so I, I think deepening those connections, you know, it's a great way to introduce and get to know people. But I think deepening them from there is really valuable. And so I'm now going to go into some things to be able to help deepen those connections with the people around you that maybe to be able to have the ability to take a friendship that might be a little surface level or maybe even brand new or, you know, a friend you've known for years but haven't spoke to in a while to take it to that next level so that you can really truly feel like people do know you, that they do know you well and that they do care about you and that you care about them. And, um, the importance of that and first things first, you know, having the self-awareness of how you are, who you are, um, allows you to be able to connect with people that have the same value system as you that are interested in the same things as you, that you have some common hobbies or interests to be able to discuss, you know, but if you don't really know you or your, your, the commonality that you have with that person are things that everyone's doing or saying or are interested in. Like if everyone's making bread, I don't know. I'm just talking about that. Not everyone makes bread, but like, you know, it's kind of been like this trendy thing recently. <laughs> and, um, maybe it's because I secretly want to make bread. If, Hey, if you're like a pro bread maker, more power to you. And like, or the banana bread, like m- craze of like COVID, you know, like if you have those things, great. But like, try to, instead of just being like, oh, these are my quick little things that I learned about this. Like, and I'm now like the best bread maker. It's like, talk to someone about like, man, do you remember when shit went awry? You know, like talk about the mistakes, talk about the lessons learned just as much as you're talking about the successes. And I think that that gives you access to someone in a more well-rounded 
perspective, but also it gains you access to who you are in a more well-rounded and holistic format, right? Because if you are ignoring parts of who you are, you're judging parts of who you are or feel shameful about parts of who you are, so you're concealing that, you're hiding that, then there's a high likelihood people are going to be receptive to that. They're going to notice it and they're going to question it. So like allow yourself like understand yourself on a deeper level, be able to ask yourself the hard questions, be able to be with yourself, to be in solitude, to know who you are and to be able to be alone with yourself, I think is really extremely important and critical when it comes to just being able to understand yourself in a hundred or three, a 360 degree view. And when then you are heightening that awareness, you can only learn about someone and connect with someone as far as you've gone with yourself. So understanding yourself on a deeper level then gives you the opportunity to connect with someone in a more authentic and really vulnerable state, you know, and to be able to have an understanding of your own emotional, um, you know, awareness, emotional IQ is so pivotal in being able to foster genuine friendships and relationships and even professional relationships, to be perfectly honest, to read a room, to be able to like observe what's going on around you, to be able to be, um, you know, aware of it, receptive to it, to be able to like listen to someone with intent, to be able to recognize the emotions that someone else is feeling, to empathize with them because you've felt them on you within yourself before as well. And when we understand ourselves and we know ourselves, we're then able to hold space in a more, I think, uh, non-judgmental and accepting way for others. We treat others how we treat ourselves. So if you're hypercritical of yourself and everything that you do, and if someone makes that one little mistake when they're around you, or they don't say something the right way, or maybe they, you know, jump to a conclusion somewhere or, you know, whatever, a whole slew of things could have occurred, then you're actually kind of denying yourself the, the freedom and the opportunity to be human. Like we all make mistakes. We all do things wrong. We all have good days and bad days and understanding the spectrum and all of those emotions and all of those feelings and all of those moods and everything in between. I'm also a cancer. So I ride the waves a little bit more than most. Um, but to be able to fully embrace that about myself. I know that about me. I cry. I get upset. I get sad. I'm also the most joyous and happy person in the world too. But there's been times where I've numbed out so extremely much that I honestly couldn't really feel a lot of joy. And I didn't really ever feel sadness. I just kind of was always just like flatlining in the middle. I know that sounds a little morbid. Um, but there was a period of time because like I... It was almost like I couldn't handle it. I didn't know how to. I didn't have the tools around me to be able to handle my own emotions. And so the easiest way for me to do that was just to shut down. And then I wasn't able to connect with others. Like, how do you empathize with someone when you're not feeling anything yourself? And also, like, be able to, like, once we do start kind of getting curious about how we feel and just checking in with ourselves and asking ourselves the questions like, how do I feel today? How am I showing up? You're more, you're more in tune with how others might perceive you. You know, sometimes when you're in a grumpy mood for some reason and you're just like being pissy to everyone around you, like, how do you think people are going to respond to that? How do you think people are going to react to that? Probably not well, but like if you go in and show up authentically and be like, Hey, super grumpy today did not sleep well last night. I'm just in a funk. I'm well aware of I'm in a funk. I'm in a funk. So I'm going to remove myself a little bit. I've had these conversations with people and they've kind of laughed and been like, Oh my God, 
in all honesty, I was like feeling super shitty the other day and I was in the exact same space. So like you do, you boo, you know, like people then are willing to hear you out. And also then like you showed your yourself to them. And like, then the next, like you've now like galvanized the relationship, even if, you know, it, uh, on a surface level to a certain extent, maybe you don't know that person that well. And now they're like, Oh, that person was super real with me. Now I feel like I can be real with them to be real with the people around yourself, to be real with yourself is literally the catalyst for real, genuine friendship, relationships, all of it, professional partnerships, um, you know, family, to be able to be there with your family, to not try to present as this perfect little being that never does anything wrong and never has a bad day. Like I've also done that. Like I felt there was periods of time in my life where I felt like I couldn't really be myself because I was so scared of judgment. I was so scared of being ridiculed or um, torn apart that I just like cut off. And I say this in the most vulnerable way possible because I don't want you to think I have this all figured out and I've always just been perfect at it because I have not. And I, I would say my friends and family, they've seen me in those different stages and they were always confused. I think people thought I was just emotionally, you know, detaching from that person in particular, but it wasn't. I was doing it to everyone. I was really just like, I wasn't in a good space and I was probably like during a time where I maybe was going through depression or, um, you know, was struggling in my relationships or within my professional life. And I didn't know how to handle it. And instead of leaning on others, instead of it being an opportunity for them to see me and my fullness and my, of who I am, I retreated. And I wish I wouldn't have done that. And that's why I'm talking about these things is because I'm, you know, again, always, how can I help you not make the same mistake I did? Right? So, like, being self-aware, taking the time to just tune in with yourself each day, meditation, I'm journaling, just, just being there, holding space for yourself and, um, and creating that container of safety. And then in turn, being able to hold the container for others to be able to empathize, to be able to, um, you know, recognize your own emotions and what's going on with you. And also then be able to see others in that same space and to not get uncomfortable with it, not to make them feel like they can't be themselves with you too. But that's because, and you can only take, you know, again, like I said, you can only go as far as you've done with others or with yourself. So once you understand yourself, you're able to hold space for yourself. Then you're able to do that for the people that matter to you. And even people that are just like on the street, I probably do it a little too much. Um, People are always like, why did that person just tell you their whole life story? It's because I'm a cancer, I swear. I'm a cancer in astrology. And cancers are known for just being the therapist of the group. And and sometimes it's, like, the easiest people to connect with. Because it's, like, they don't know me. They'll never see me again. So, like, I'm just going to tell this person my whole life story. And maybe I also, like, hold space for them. So I'm, like, oh, my gosh, what the fuck's going on? You know, like, oh, my God, they said that? Like, are you kidding me? You know, I just get in. I, I'm right there. I'm, like, there with someone. <laughs> And, but it's like, it makes me happy. I feel like if they don't have someone else that they can do that with, I'm able to be that person. And, um, it's a gift. It's a little way for me to give back. So I, you know, I tell you, I do this all the time, but it's real. Um, one of my friends, we were just out. She's like, you literally talk to every single stranger for like eight to 10 minutes. It's never like a quick, like, Hey, how you doing? Like, it's like, Oh, really? That happened? And I don't, sometimes I don't even, I don't even recognize people. I also ask questions. So maybe that's why it's my own fault that I'm just like opening up the door. But I don't know. Okay. But that's actually the next thing I was going to talk about is to like ask engaging questions because I think that is what 
you know, opens the forum for like real authentic, like vulnerable, like rawness, you know, to be able to be like, Oh damn, like what happened? Or like, Oh, that happened. Like, or like be like, what, you know, how's your week going? You know, and it's such an easy way. Like I personally like to talk about like, how's your week going? And they're like, Oh, it's been good. Like, Oh, you know, anything interesting happened or anything exciting happened or, you know, did you have a hard moment or even sometimes just sharing what I've been going through? Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Similar. It's been all right. You know, I had this, you know, shitty stuff happen a couple days ago and, you know, it kind of like really weighed on me a little bit, but I'm feeling better about it now. And, you know, I'm just talking through it and they're like, Oh, you know, that's like, you know, it's crazy. You know, just talking to someone else about this. And I just had the same thing happen to me or, you know, again, that's like, it's, it's this, um, it's an equal exchange, right. Of energy of time and, and, and genuine listening. I think that the act of listening to be able to, you know, ask these questions, to be able to listen without the intention of responding, nothing shuts down a conversation more than when you're just listening, waiting, like biting at the bit to be able to respond and say something that is like related to you and no knock to people. And I do that sometimes too. Sometimes I don't even recognize I'm doing it, but it's also like, this is so crazy. Cause I literally went through the same thing, but like, it's, it's, it's an opportunity to be able to really be there. I lean into my active listening skills. I also, you know, I went through, um, you know, crisis line training. I used to work for a peer to peer helpline for years. I used to train students on how to do active listening. So like, it's a big part of my life. Um, but you know, empathizing, summarizing, you know, what someone said, um, validating them to be able to insert, you know, some, you know, adjectives to be able to describe how they might feel. Oh my gosh, that must've been like really challenging for you, or that must've been heartbreaking or, um, Oh, that's so exciting. I'm so jazzed for you. Like you sound like you're so lit up. You sound so motivated. You are, you know, it seems like you're really tackling your goals and achieving what you've set out to do. And that's incredible. I'm so proud of you. Like there can be so many different ways to be able to help validate in what someone's telling you. And that's just show that you're listening, that you show that you care, you know, and open up the door for a deeper friendship, a deeper, you know, a a relationship that isn't built on, you know, like superficial conversations about things that no one really matters. That doesn't matter to either person, you know, like you're able to go that three steps further to be able to relate on, you know, who that person is, the realness of who they are and what they're experiencing within that point in time within their life versus some like, you know, show that they're watching, which no, not to that either, but like to be able to go, you know, three steps further allows them to feel heard, seen, and, um, like they have someone that's in their corner and, you know, I was just listening to Jay Shetty podcast and I love Jay Shetty. And he was talking about, um, you know, when you have an old friend connecting about something new and when you have a new friend connecting about something old. Um, and I know that it's, it's, you know, it's easy to do, especially from the nostalgic point of it is like when you have an old friend to reminisce about old times or remember this, or remember that story, or remember that person, or remember when this happened, or remember when we went here. And that's great too. But it's like also acknowledging that that person has grown, that person has changed, that person has new experiences that they are continuing to evolve and that you are just as interested in who that person is now than you were within the friendship and the experiences that you've had previously. 
And this is something I struggle with because I'm also, I love, I love talking about memories. I love talking about the past. It's just like, it's fun for me. It makes me smile. It just brings me joy. And also friends that I've had for a really long time to be able to like shoot the breeze with them. Just like, it's like one of my favorite things. Um, so like kind of like reminiscing is just like a, a great pastime of mine, something I enjoy, but to be also to recognize that that person in those conversations and to be able to continue a friendship is also showing up for who they are in this moment. And so asking them about their dreams, their aspirations, what they're working towards, um, what's important to them, what's something new that they've learned, what's going on within their career, what's going on within their family, their relationships now, their children, you know, like what is actually happening in the present tense instead of necessarily the memories that you've already established and experienced with one another. And I love the inverse of this as well, to be able to talk to people that you're newly meeting and getting to know about old things. Like how, how did you grow up? What's a favorite childhood memory? Um, like what's something that was really difficult for you when you were younger? What did you overcome that you never dreamed possible? What was something that you feel like you um, you know, learned when you're younger, like, how are you when you were in high school or, you know, what college did you go to? And like, what was that like? What did you study? Who, you know, who did you spend time with? What, you know, like there's so many things that you could ask someone about like who they, who they have been and how they've become who they are today. Um, to show that you have a genuine interest in, all of them, not just the past of who they've been before. And I think that that is, there's value. And then that creates more sensitance into the relationship as you continue to um, get to know one another. And this can be within, you know, relationships in like the romantic sense and also just with platonic friendships too. In either way, I think then that, you know, galvanizes even more who that person is and the connection that you have with them. And, um, you know, I think it's easy to just talk about again, like even, and I know within romantic French, like romantic partnerships are the potential to just like talk about, you know, like you're so beautiful or, you know, someone's looks or, you know, what, um, you know, just like what they did that day. And then like maybe turn into a more sexual conversation. I don't know if other girls are experiencing this, but I know that I have. And they're like, you know, and then they kind of go into like slight dirty talk and you're like, how did we get here? You know, but then also, at least for myself, gentlemen, take note, ladies, take note. I don't know whoever you are. If I like, if I'm starting to date someone and it's new, I want, them, I want them to know that they're actually interested. And I've talked to a lot of girls about this, especially that are in the dating room that are single and like that they want to know someone actually cares about who they are as a person. Like, what are my dreams? What am I working towards? What do I do? What is something that is, that lights me up? What am I passionate about? Like, what are areas of my life where I'm struggling right now? What are areas of my life where I'm thriving? Like, what is something that, you know, what's something that I like, what are my creative like interests or what are my hobbies? Like there's so many, there's a million and one things you can ask someone about. So like necessarily going into like, you know, I just got off work. I can't wait to take off my clothes. What about you? It's like, no, no, bro. No. 
<laughs> I'm not trying to be rude. And dick pics are sent like ain't no thing. And again, if that works for you, that works for you. But for me, that wants to have depth, that actually is not a surface person and also wants to have like, you know, genuine relationships, like that's not working for me. And if, if that's the conversation, it's usually an instant shutdown straight out the gate. And that is just how I operate and how a lot of people, girls that I know that I talk to that are also very like, you know, self-assured, confident women that, you know, have a lot to offer are in the similar boat. So just random tip, D- I'll drop a nugget. If you're dating out there, um, just to be able to use this also to ask like about who they are, who like, where they came from, you know, their relationship with their family, you know, their relationship with their family like or their par- parents or their siblings or, you know, where they plan to be, where, where they want to be, where they like to travel to great stories about, you know, where they've been in the world. Like, do they like to hike? You know, again, there's a whole, there's a plethora of things that you can delve into. So, Think about things that you're genuinely interested in that you would actually genuinely want to hear them talk about that, that you want, like they would actually be interested to hear them discuss and to be able to then foster that conversation and see where it goes. And then again, just see the reaction, how they respond again, tap into your empathetic nature um, to be able to read the room, how, like what, how does that go? And if, if they are staying surface recognized, then that's probably the way they feel more comfortable. And if that's where you want to stay, then that's fine too. But like, where does that actually lead you? And where will you, like, are you actually, are you playing games? Are you like being coy and playing the cat mouse? Or are you actually like trying to, you know, get to know someone and who they really are more than skin deep, you know? And, um, and that's how you create relationships and friendships that last a lifetime is getting to know someone and, you know, being able to share the struggles, to share the triumphs, to share all of it. And I think that, especially within friendships and relationships too, is celebrating others' successes. You know, like being able to see someone for who they are and as they're growing and as they're evolving to really be able to appreciate the growth that they have and to be able to like welcome and support them as they pursue that to remind them, be their hype girl, be their hype boy, like be the person that's cheering them on. That's reminding them what they're capable of. They're reminding them who the fuck they are and that they can do the damn thing if they want to, you know, and that's like, you know, who doesn't love to have someone that tells you that like, Oh, you're going to be great at that. That's actually, that's so spot on, especially when it comes from someone that you trust and that's known you for a long time. Like that's such a strength of yours. I'm so happy that you're doing that. I can't wait to see where it goes. Keep me posted. And then following up and checking in with them afterwards. How's that been? What's been coming up? Like, where are some challenges? Like, let's talk through this. How can I support you? How can I be there for you? And then in turn, like, it's so beautiful the way that people will immediately do the same for you. And it's going to like, you treat others how you want to be treated. And also you teach others how to treat you. And so like, how are you showing up for them? How are you showing up for yourself? And how can that be um, fostering and really creating a healthy and loving environment for everyone involved. And I, I lean on this as like kind of this last little caveat is like, don't talk shit about people that you care about <laughs> period. Like if you love someone and if you really want the best for them, when they're not around, don't talk shit. 
like don't point out someone's flaws the moment that like what that they walk away or like yeah they're working on this but who knows if that's actually gonna work out like that's so hurtful and no one wants that energy around them no one wants to be around people like that and that's that breeds distrust that breeds resentment that brings pain and like okay duly noted if that's how you grew up or, you know, you have like some feminine wounds, especially within female friendships, gossiping is very prevalent. And it's like, I get you that's understandable, but like, again, how do you treat others? How you want to be treated? How would you want someone to speak about you when you're not around? And you can say you don't care and you can say it's no big thing, but like, I genuinely go out of my way not to talk shit about anyone that matters to me. And like, I try not to talk shit about anyone. And that's like the four agreements. Um, by Don Ruel, or Don Ruel, Don Miguel Ruiz. Sorry, I was like merging those two words or two names, but he speak with integrity to follow the four agreements. And one of those is like to have integrity in how you speak to yourself and how you speak about others to not gossip. And like that having that agreement with yourself, that it's just simply something that you won't do anymore will transform your life. And again, like don't, spend time around people that you want to talk shit about. If you don't like being around them and you're being passive aggressive, maybe you just shouldn't talk to them anymore. Remove yourself, slip away. You don't have to do it resentful. You don't have to be malicious. You don't have to be hurtful. You don't have to try to tear or ruin their life, but just simply remove yourself. Exchange energy with people that build you up, that make you, that fuel you, that make you feel good about yourself. And in return, share that with them and treat them also with the same respect and kindness. And uh, if you haven't read the four agreements, I also like very much encourage you to explore that just in general. It's one of my favorite books. Um, and maybe I'll do another pod on the four agreements, but, um, that's just one that stood out to me in specific within relationships. Cause I think it's one that really stands out. And I know that I've done it. We've all, you know, talked shit or just like gossiped about someone behind their back. And, and even like, you know, especially within relationships to point out the good in someone, you know, like. I personally, like, it's so easy to focus on someone's flaws, especially when you know them well. And to be able to, like, just acknowledge that that might be a tendency of yours to kind of, again, address the core wounds, that self-awareness, that where that stems from you and the judgment that you might have about yourself and how you tear yourself apart. That to be able to be able to open the door for an understanding and an acceptance and for real reverence for who that person is and for who you are and the unique qualities that you possess and that you don't have to be perfect in order to be respected and loved. And that in return that you can love others, even if they have their flaws and their, and that's not to say we're bypassing that everyone's perfect and like, Oh, we can never talk about anything that that person does wrong. No, like we can talk about it. And sometimes I think as a good friend holding up a mirror and being like, Hey, so this is going on. And I love you. I love you, but this is not good. This is not good. This is not good. We're, we're, we're really cultivating negative things here. That's what friends are for. But What's your intention? Are you doing so out of pity? Are you doing it out of spite? Are you doing it out of jealousy? Or are you doing it out of because you genuinely love that person and want them to be better, that you want to care for them, you want them to be in a good space, you want them to be happy? And you recognize as a friend that this is maybe an area of growth that they might want to explore. I've had a lot of difficult conversations with a lot of different people in relationships and with friendships. And Honesty, I think is the best policy about, you know, being 
transparent and kind also goes alongside with that. And, you know, I, one of my old friends used to always say, you know, honestly, it's like hitting something, someone with an object, (laughs) which is real with me. I think I've talked about this before, but it's like, you can hit them with a pillow or you can hit them with a bat. Both might kind of hurt. Both might kind of like stun them, but one's going to hurt one hell of a lot more than the other. And again, if you're hitting someone with a bat, are you not intending to hurt them? Like, is that not inevitable? Versus if you're giving them a love tap with a pillow, hey, <laughs> with your honesty or with your remark, can it be, again, playful? Can it be kind? Can it be... And then also the fact that they will probably be more receptive to hear you out too. And, you know, sometimes people aren't ready to hear that, you know, if, are you offering advice or are you giving it to them or are you, are they asking for your guidance? Are they asking for you to step in? And, you know, it's a delicate balance in line. And I tend to err on the side of like, I don't say anything until someone asks me, but, um, and then some moments I'll pop in, especially if I'm concerned, maybe if it's something that I really feel like it could be, hurtful to them, you know, or they're being hurtful to themselves. That's an opportunity for me to, because I care that I'm going to say something to them about it. And that's because, and, and truly I always come and I try to look at it from that lens because I care because they mean a lot to me and I want them to be happy. So let's go ahead and retract it back through how to create more connection within your relationships and within your life. Self-aware, know yourself first. Step one. Understand your own emotions to be able to be hold space for your own emotions, and then in turn be able to increase your own emotional IQ with the people around you. You can only go as far as you've gone with yourself with others. Then, being vulnerable, being honest, and empathy is can speak volumes. Ask engaging questions. Be curious about someone and listen. And listen from a place of non-judgment, of, you know, validation, and from a place of love. And then to really wrap it all up is to celebrate other successes, to be able to be happy for them, to want the best for your friends and for your partners, or partner and family members, or partners, maybe you're polyamorous, but that's fine too. And then just be really, have integrity within your speech about those people around you. Because nothing's going to fracture a relationship more than feeling a distrust or feeling like someone's lied to you or spoken unkindly about you. And that can instantly just dissolve a relationship when it didn't need to. And really try to see the best in people. Assume the best in people. I, you know, this was single-handedly one of the things that changed my life the most, especially within my relationship, romantic relationships, is recognizing that I'm assuming the best in that person. If like my ex, if he, like we were both very independent, we were very social. If he went out with his friends, am I blowing up his phone all night asking him where he's at and who he's talking to and like scrolling his gram to be able to figure out where he is and who's around? Hell to the motherfucking no. I was actually when we first started dating, I was doing that. Oh, I'm cray cray. Um, and I was jealous. I was insecure. That's where it stemmed from. It stemmed from my own insecurities, feeling like I wasn't good enough and that he was going to cheat on me or he was going to leave me. And so I would do crazy as shit. And it's like, did that foster a breed 
trust? Did that breed connection? Did that breed a, like a, a foundation and create a stronger foundation for our relationship? Hell no. It was literally ripping it apart. And so I had to be really honest about with myself that I couldn't do that any longer. I could no longer assume the worst in that person that I couldn't assume that he was doing something that would hurt me. Cause like, ultimately, why am I with someone that would do that in the first place? If you have any questions of that, or if that's happened in the past, then like, be honest with yourself that if you won't even want to put yourself in that position, but assuming the best in someone also means like if they come over and like, if you have a long-term partnership or, you know, a marriage and they come home and they don't say a word and they go into the room and they remove themselves and they, they're alone for like an hour they probably had a long fucking day and just need to, some time to regroup because they want to show up more fully and more contently for you when they do come out. Assume the best in them. Recognize how can you show up and how would you want someone to show up for you? You know, or in a situation where, you know, you're starting to date someone or maybe it's new and or even in a friendship where you like are just now starting to really get to know each other and spend more time together and they don't respond to your text right away okay, do you flip out? Do you like, they don't even like me. How rude, like, are you blowing them up? Like the anxious attachment style where you start like sending them a million messages. Like, okay, I guess I don't matter to you. I guess I'm not that important. Like that, that riff, that low vibrational energy is not going to set you up for success. Right. So like recognizing it, recognizing again, that self-awareness within you, how are you showing up? What are the assumptions that you are making and how can you be honest, be willing to see the reality, but also then hopefully shine a positive light on it, tossing it out there. Cause I, at least I know that's helped me a ton and then I'm not tripping about things. I don't really worry about it. And also then it's like, I have my own life. I have my own things. I'm working on myself. And I'm meeting someone there and I want to be able to, um, you know, create like connections and friendships and links with people that are also on that same path and have the same point of view on these topics. So that, again, it is stemming from a place of mutual growth, understanding, maturity, and love. Because that's the whole point, right? We're all here, hopefully to get one step closer to the love within ourselves and the love within others. All right. I hope this was helpful. I hope I, please tell me what you think of it. I am so grateful. Again, if you've listened through this whole thing to be able to take hopefully a few nuggets, if anything's jumped out on you, please share with me. Find me on the gram at Ferrachino, F-E-R-R-A-H-C-H-I-N-O. You can also watch the full YouTube video if you're listening to this on podcasts. Um, And my handle is also at Ferrachino there. Um, And wherever you are, however we're connecting, I am, um, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you sincerely. Um, for showing up, for seeing me. And um, I hope to be able to connect with you more too um, so that I can also see you, hear you, and to be able to strengthen um, this connection that we have as well. I love you. Bye.